Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. See, I didn't hear my backup singer. <laughs> I like went to do it and I was like, no. <laughs> you try it again? Like, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling this rhythm. I'm feeling this tune. I'm not going to stop now. No, you want to do it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, was I supposed to do it the whole time? Well, you didn't do it at all. Because you said at the after you say, beware of the blob, which is the last thing you said. No, I said, beware of the blob was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Oh, you will. You also said it twice. So I got. Confused. I said, "Be careful of the blob at the end." Oh, well. It's fine. I thought I thought I was supposed to come in when you were done singing. I didn't realize I was supposed to be doing it you while just you were solo. I didn't know what you wanted. You didn't explain it. Okay. Anywho, do you want to try it again? Do you want to try it again? I can. I now that I understand what you're looking for, I can do it. Okay. One, two, three. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaves and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splash, a blush, be careful of the blob. Okay, that was iconic. Thank you. See, I told you I could do it if I understood. You know what? Why did I not have faith? Why did I not have faith? Um, okay, I feel, honestly, where's my Grammy? <laughs> Adele, I'll see you in a ditch, bitch. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Lord. Okay. The girls who cried be horror. Hi, y'all. <laughs> and welcome to what is the... It's the fourth now, isn't it? Yeah. Our fourth ever. Is it? In, yeah, because we did House of Wax, yeah. Jaws, and Child's Play. Um, our fourth ever, Tangential Terror... For the 1988 remake of The Blob. Um, yay! Yay! I and if you don't know blob. who we are, it's me, Anya. What's up? It's Alex. Sick. Now you're all caught up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're just going to be shooting the breeze talking about truly a movie that is one of our favorites, both of us. Um, mm-hmm. It's incredible. Um, Alex, do you want to you want to start this combo? Sure, yeah. So, I mean... Obviously, this is a tangential terror for our blob episode that we have since released. Mm-hmm. This is going to be our second episode in October, which we have more coming because October is the greatest month of the year. Yeah, it's October uh, week two by the time you're hearing ooh, this. So exciting, so exciting. But The Blob 1988 is just iconic in so many fucking ways. I mean, I am mad that I slept on this movie for so long because mm-hmm. I only saw it I feel like so many movies that we talk about on this podcast, I saw at the Coolidge for, at, for like the horror marathons, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of them that I saw in one of their marathons, and I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't seen the original, and it just blew my goddamn mind. The practical effects are honestly unmatched by most movies. Yes. It is so juicy, both, you know because yeah. it's very good to look literally at it also it's and juicy. Figuratively juicy it is literally juicy um and then rewatching it with greg was a great experience because i forgot a lot of it i just remembered that i loved it i mean i remember a few iconic things like the fact that shawnee smith is my number one scream queen i love mm-hmm. her so fucking much i remember the first time i saw it 
being like, is that Shawnee Smith? There's no way. Because I was like, she was in Saw in 2004. Like, and she looked like she was 25. Like, well, how... she got Saw because of this movie, because um, Lee Winnell and what's his, what's the other guy's name? James Wan. James Wan loved the blob and, like, had a crush oh. on her. So I didn't they know offered that. it to her. Yeah, they offered. She was the first person they wanted for the role, and I guess when they first offered it to her, she like didn't want to do it because she thought Saw was like you know too intense, too mm-hmm. much, or whatever. But then they like, I'm sure through like convincing, like you know, won her over, and then obviously she has returned for several Saw films. I mean, Lee Winnell could convince me to do anything. I love him, but <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember like I'm obsessed with her from the Saw movies, like when I was younger, and so. Seeing this movie from 88, my brain could not understand that it was mm-hmm. the same person. I was like, how is she? Is she a witch? Does she not age? I don't mm-hmm. understand. But, I mean, she was 19 when this movie came out. So probably, she was probably 18 when they filmed it. So, mm-hmm. incredible. She's, like, my number one of all all the Scream Queens. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. What about you? How, tell me your feelings. Tell me about the first time you saw it, etc. <sighs> My journey with the blob. So I the glob. too. This was one, and this isn't even. I don't even count this being my fault. The blob in general, which I'm sure is something we're gonna can talk about even more as we do this minisode, is just like it is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Which I don't mean that in the sense of like people watch it and they don't like it because usually it gets very high remarks from people that see it. Like they're like, "No, this is great." It's just that like nobody talks about it. Oh, yeah. Like, even if you think, like, big 80s remakes for horror, The Thing, The Fly, like, everybody knows about those, right? Like, those mm-hmm. are big ones, yada, yada, yada. Like, to the to a point where it's just, like, if you don't know better, you're like, oh, those aren't even remakes, right? Right. Like, where, like, The Blob, I feel like a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, you know, the classic B-movie old drive-in movie which we obviously did for our full episode from the 50s like my experience watching this was like within like the last year I want to say is when I first watched it um and it was like a night and I was with my mom and you know we me and my mother have watched many a horror movie together um and I had made us this whole slideshow because like we're also awful at making decisions so I was like I made a slideshow of all our movie options (laughs) <laughs> and I like put, projected it for her. I was like, let's pick. Of course And you did. she picked the blob, which is on there. And at that point, I was like, I didn't even realize, like, I didn't even know. My brain was like not working. And I was just like, oh, it's the blob. Like, I didn't realize that it wasn't the original or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously after I watched it, I was like, wait, why does everybody act like the blob is kind of a silly movie? That fucking hit real hard. That was a banger. And then I realized I was like, oh, well, it's a fucking 80s remake. It's not the original. Um... But yeah, I, so I didn't watch it until recently. And it was because just like, it wasn't something that was huge on my radar as like, I have to watch this, right? Like, I have to see this. This is like a staple mm-hmm. as a horror fan. Which like, now that I've seen it, I'm like, it absolutely is. You have to see this movie. It's incredible. But because of the fact that it's just like, it, it isn't talked about that much, which is so mm-hmm. shocking after you've seen it. And you're like, it's firing on all cylinders and delivering a hundred percent of the time it's wild and then I recently rewatched it um, after I got here to LA my second night in LA I went to my first ever drive-in movie which is incredible I've always wanted to go to the drive-in as you know Alex it's been a struggle I love the drive-in 
It's in my um, childhood. I love it. Ugh, and I finally got to go and live my dream, um, which I guess there's no better time to do it than during a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw the blob, which not even being the 50s blob, any version of the blob is the perfect drive-in movie. Absolutely. Um, it's so and, I, I would do anything to go see the 80s blob at the drive-in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. It was so good. And I was just like – and I went with um, the hosts of our sister podcast, Dearly Departed. Um, don't forget to stream them. And they had – neither of them had ever seen it before. And so that was incredible just to, one, get to rewatch the movie mm-hmm. in any capacity because it's amazing. To see it at a drive-in, incredible. And then to also be there introducing it to two new people – who also really loved it and are like shrieking and having a great time. It was truly an experience. Um, but yeah, everything that you said is so true. Like the practical effects rival the best of the 80s. Oh yeah, like, like you you brought up the thing and the fly and I would say that it is in the same like level, same caliber 100%. Of, of art as those films because I mean the thing is is the movie you think about when you think about practical effects like right. it's just the thing is what comes to mind but the fly is incredible and like you said the blob is slept on I I mean I know you do too but I like I listen to a lot of horror podcasts I look at a lot of like you know best of lists and you know shit on Letterboxd and Fangoria because I always want to you know consume as much horror as I can and like mm-hmm. be as knowledgeable as I can and I very very rarely ever see the blob ever like, yeah. I've never listened to an episode of a podcast that they've talked about the blob. I, it's just, it's just something that is kind of forgotten about and I don't understand because like you said, the effects are incredible. The acting is great. The story's funny. Um, I, I mean, I have a lot to say about it, but like, I just, I don't understand why people don't bring it up more as like one of the best of the 80s. I 100% agree. And it's like, I said, it's just like once you see it at least in my experience and I think yours as well Mm -hmm. once you see it it like lives rent free in your fucking head forever (laughs) like literally it's just like every time I'm just like if someone was like oh like I need a really good horror movie to watch or like you know I was bringing somebody in to watching horror films that would be like in the first 10 movies I showed them I feel like because Mm -hmm. it's got everything like I, I fucking go on record and say I think it's practical effects are evenly matched, literally neck and neck, equal to the thing. And that's crazy for me to say because you know, like, I would inject mm-hmm. the thing into my fucking veins. Um, but they are. Just, like, thinking about all the shit, like, obviously the scene, which is, it's, oh my god, Alex, I, this movie is so good. <laughs> Just, like, the storytelling itself. I was watching, like, so many, like, videos about the blob and people's reviews and shit like that and like people were saying which I was like it's so true it's just like even beyond practical effects and shit like that it's storytelling and it's script is like so good in the sense that it's like maybe it's not like you know the most it it is like still campy to a degree Mm -hmm. but it's so effective in the sense that like no time is wasted Every, like, I, I can't oh, yeah. think of a single part of that movie where I'm, like, mm-hmm. bored. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm just, like, mm-hmm. okay, like, what are we doing with this? It, like, perfect, it, like, perfectly captures, like, that small town giving you all the people you're going to need to know for the duration of the story, whether they survive or they don't. It gives you the perfect amount of time where it's, like, no, I'm not getting this person's whole fucking life story, but I'm getting just enough where I know, I know who this person is. I, I know this kind of person. I know, I, I feel like I understand I know this person. 
enough to be like, oh my God, when they die, you're like, oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. And like a perfect example is the lead, um, the football star, I can't remember his name, the quarterback, mm-hmm. um, who is introduced in a very similar way to Steve McQueen's character in the sense that like he's going on a date with the lead girl, um, Meg, who is Shawnee Smith. Um, and you, it is literally, and I remember watching it being fucking shook out of my fucking gourd because I was like, oh, well, like, he and her are going to be the two that take mm-hmm. us through the story. And they also introduced you to um, Kevin Dillon, I believe his last name is pronounced. <laughs> Why did you just say it? <laughs> Dillon? I don't even know. It's Dillon. <laughs> Dillon? You don't, know, you don't know Kevin and Matt Dillon? No. I mean, I know what? he's in fucking Entourage. Oh, they're like the the Dylan brothers. They're very famous. Kevin Dylan is definitely the lesser famous of the two. I mean, I'm not. A, I don't like the Dylans personally. They look like low rent Ethan Hawke. But wow, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, they're just like. Listen, I'm never gonna lose sleep me. over not knowing the name of a <laughs> like 40 year old white man. Okay, so fair. So, but he plays Brian Flagg, and they introduce him as well mm-hmm. as this bad boy. So the first time I was watching, it, I was just kind of like, oh interesting that we're taking time to like get to know this weird bad boy character i guess he'll play a part he's kind of like in the original blob what's his name the like best tony? the the friend what'd you say was it tony honestly if it's not it should have been i think it is tony um but like the tony character where he's like you know kind of an asshole but then ends up also like mm-hmm. being his friend so i yeah. thought that was the you know scenario we were gonna play with and then obviously you get which is obviously in, it, almost the same exact kind of scenario scene as the original blob where there's an old man a meteor crashes he goes and investigates oop there's some goop coming out of it he touches it with a stick it gets stuck to his hand um runs out in front of the car they take him to the hospital um you know you've seen it all before um but then after they realize like oh my god this thing that's on his hand is like acidic it's eating him alive like we don't know what it is we got to call the police our football star lead goes into another room and calls and we get one of it's like we have to talk about this in a second our favorite kills because it's just like they're so it's so hard to pick this is one where it's really hard to pick but you know he gets in the phone we see the blob like above him on the ceiling and first time watching this you're like what the fuck and it drops on him. We don't even see it drop on him. We just hear him scream. Shawnee Smith comes running in. And this practical effect is incredible. And apparently when they shot it, all the mm-hmm. times they had like test run it or whatever, they had put a dummy within this mechanism. Mm. But then when they actually shot it, they put the actor in it for the first time and didn't tell Shawnee Smith on purpose. <laughs> so her like scream is oh, apparently no. genuine because she was like fucking shook. Because That's she did not incredible. expect to see a living person in there because there never yeah. had been before. But essentially, um, I mean, I'm hoping that if you guys are listening to this, you've seen and we're not spoiling it for you because we always spoil. Yeah, and um, if you have, please go watch it because it's worth it. Yeah, even if you if we spoil it, like, it doesn't matter. You have to see it. It's an, it's an incredible, incredible film. Um, but he's just, like, covered in this pink blob that is, like, trying to, like, pull him back from Shawnee Smith. He's trying to, like, reach out through it. It's, like actively like ripping and the skin off his skull and like crushing it and like dissolving it in acid it is insane and Shawnee Smith tries to like pull him out of it and she like rips his fucking arm off and it's yeah she does it's incredible to look at but even just on a story level you're like oh my god like it's very similar to shit like Psycho or like you know 
you know, obviously years later, but like Scream doing that thing where it's like, we're going to introduce you to a character, whether it be like someone that like is clearly set up in a role that would be a lead character role or because it's an actor that's a really big name. Mm-hmm. Um, something like Drew Barrymore and Scream, where it's like, and then we're going to kill them. You know, someone we had on the poster or whatever, really early on to really throw you. Because then you're like, well, if they killed that person, they'll kill anyone. Like... Yeah, well, I mean, I have, like, I have two things to say about all the things that you just said, because mm-hmm. it was, like, my main my main takeaway from this movie and why I love it so much is because it's so just, like, unforgiving. It does not get... The blob doesn't care. The blob's just going to eat anybody. Right. I don't care if you like them as a character. They're going to probably die. And I think, first of all, as a remake, this is the exact kind of remake I respect, because... And I know everyone has different perspectives and opinions on this, but if I think if you're going to remake a movie, especially if it's a classic, iconic film, you need mm-hmm. to respect the source material. That's how I feel. Yes. So, which is why I hate Child's Play so much. Because mm-hmm. like, you need to take at least the basic plot line, and then you can do new things with it. That's fine. You can be creative. You can be innovative. You can you know, bring it into the fucking 21st century, but... I need you to respect it at its core. And the blob does that. The blob takes all of the, like, little bits and pieces in the, in the plot structure, and they do all of those things, and then they turn it on its head, and they say, oh, this is not the same blob that you saw before. This is a vicious blob, and we're going to, like, go balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. So for that, I love, because it's still, like, fully respecting its original film. It's doing all the same things, but... It's kind of elevating it in a new way. But this movie specifically, it just, it takes such care with having you, like, meet and care about every single character. Like, obviously the main people you care about. I mean, I didn't really care too much about the football guy because he was kind of a douche. Um, but Well, he's not hes not that big of a douche. His friend. Well, he's, I mean, yeah, but he's also not great. fucking rapist. Well, yes, but he's also not, like, my favorite person he, okay, he, fair. he's just like a dumb jock you would like him no. oh. <laughs> the way that you so effortlessly read the fucking filth just now and for what i wish we were together um anyway. oh, me too oh um but like they introduce you to the waitress and the waitress who the sheriff wants to go on a date with and mm-hmm. they have we have this like really wonderful scene of him like like being really shy and asking her out and her being kind of like i don't know i don't know and then agreeing to go on a date with him you know and then just for later on they're just gonna fucking decimate them and every time that they kill somebody that they have like taken the time to introduce and make you care about it's so much more effective when they kill them because it's not expected and because i expect all these people that they're introducing me to to survive for the most part but almost none of them do and i will save my my biggest uh, like thing about it till we talk about favorite kills but oh oh i just i just really respect the fact that they're like no one's safe i don't care it's a blob from outer space it doesn't care if you got screen time you're gonna die no it's it's so true it's just like it's vicious vicious is a perfect word for it like Mm -hmm. the carnage is at maximum capacity like I was going through last night because I, when I started the driving, which was last time I watched it, was like maybe like, you know, two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I mean, it's pretty fresh in my mind. As I said, this movie lives rent free in my fucking head at all times. Um, but I was like, let me watch a video or whatever that's like, you know, a compilation of all the kills or whatever. 
Um, just because, like, I like to be put to sleep, you know, in a really <laughs> loving way. Um, but I was watching it, and I was like, even though I had just seen it, I was, like, reminded once again, I was like, oh, my God, there mm. are, there is a huge fucking body count in this movie. Oh, yeah. And it's not, like, really, it's not even shit where it's like, oh, later on we see that, like, a bunch of people died, but it happened off screen. Nearly all of these deaths you see happen, and you see happen in their full glory. Mm-hmm. Like, even shit where it's like you're talking about like the sheriff and the waitress that's devastating too because even though they're not even huge characters that we see a lot of like even though uh a cab um the sheriff is like at least in this fictional world um you know kind of like bashful or whatever yada 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 and we obviously said like we see that interaction between them and it's very sweet it's very wholesome and then even later when um Kevin and Shawnee, which are not their character names, but I'm not even going to fucking worry about it, um, are in the diner, and the waitress is there working late. Like, she's really sweet to them. She gives, like, Kevin the last piece of pie. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's just enough for us to be like, oh, well, this is a nice character, right? Like, a nice character who, like, they've given me just enough to realize that, like, this character does have a life. They do exist in this universe, not just in this scene. And then when they kill them, it's horrendous because in the phone booth scene which also fun fact mm-hmm. was a miniature the whole thing other than oh, obviously really? her, like well, when she's standing in the phone booth like talking on the phone it's obviously really hard yeah. but the scene <laughs> when it's like the blob is engulfing the phone booth and it's like that face of the sheriff that's the mm-hmm. only kill we don't see really on screen but it doesn't even matter because that moment of like the blob is engulfing her and she's fucking freaking out because she's trying to contact the sheriff on the phone mm-hmm. and she gets told like oh he already went to the diner and it's then so she effective. sees the fucking, like, yeah. smashed face of the sheriff within the blob gliding by. Because we get to experience that, like, shock and awe at the same time that she does. Right. And so it's, it's like, doubly effective. I love that they didn't show that kill because it is just, like, I'm never really, like, a fan of the classic horror thing where, like, they kill everyone and then later on at the end of the movie, like, they find all the bodies in the house right. and they scream. Like, it's overdone. So yeah. to find the body at the same time that we see the body... I was shook. I was like, oh, they killed him. What? Right. Um, and then literally, like, the blob starts crushing her in there. And that's when it's the miniature when, like, the blob, like, poof, like, smashes in. And, like, mm-hmm. literally, like, that shot is, like, brutal. It is. Because it, like, literally, like, the pressure it's putting on the phone booth, like, once it gets through, is just so forceful. And it literally just, like, rockets into her like a sucker punch. And she's, like, probably dead on fucking impact. I would hope so. Um... But yeah, it's oh, it's incredible. And also, it just it just has like that perfect '80s aesthetic too. Like just the whole vibe of the whole movie is just like very retro and fun. Everyone has cool hair and like it's just very '80s. I just want to live inside it. Well, it's important to know a few things when you just said hair. Um, Kevin actually had to wear extensions. They wanted wear <laughs> extensions because I guess they really wanted to have this like mullet look and. Obviously, like, it looks a little ridiculous now. I honestly kind of love it. I think it's so fun. It looks like a poodle. Um, It does look like a poodle. But it's obviously important to note that, you know, you're talking about 80s and whatever. Like, Chuck Russell, who directed this, also directed a year prior, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, Which... Honestly, almost the best one. Right. Like, I mean, for a lot of people, it's their favorite. I think, I mean, I'm someone that a lot of the time, like, the the original, the classic is always my favorite. Yeah, me too. And Nightmare on Elm Street is indicative of that um but i think it is easily like the best of the nightmare sequels oh absolutely by far. um 
And then also, you know, as we've been talking about, like, the dynamic of the people in the town, and also a little bit of the 80s shit, like, 80s small town, you know, everyone's personalities and shit like that, um, the co-writer of this, because Chuck Russell wrote it, as well as Frank Darabont, he also went on to write and direct three Stephen King adaptations, The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and a true favorite of mine, The Mist. Oh, wow. I've never, I still haven't seen The Mist, but... Oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. I mean, it's so good. It's interesting that he would go from writing The Blob to then directing, like, very serious Stephen King. I mean, aside from The Mist, The Mist is more, like, supernatural, but, I mean, Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile are both, like, very... I mean, while there is, obviously, the the element in The Green Mile, like, they're both very straightforward dramas. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting trajectory for him. I do love a, anyone who has, like, a wild filmography that's kind of all over the place. Right. And I mean, like, even just thinking about The Mist itself, which I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but, like, in its essence, it is, like, you know, it has that very Stephen King, like, Mm -hmm. we're in a small town, there's a group of people put into a situation, and everyone's personalities begin to, like, play a really pivotal role in how they're going to handle the situation, which I think is also very evident in the blob in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Frank Darabont also uh, co-wrote Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And, um... Did he co-write or did he write? No, he co-wrote um, The Fly, too. Oh, wow. As in, like, The Fly, the sequel. Yes. Not The Fly as well. Um, I've yeah, seen so, The Fly, too. Neither have I. Um, but, yeah, so it's just, like, it's there's so much working in the favor of this. And it was actually a $19 million budget, and $9 million of those dollars went to special effects. Um, well, that's where, I like, thank you. If you're going to make a horror movie where you need to have graphic effects, put the budget in special effects. Don't fucking blow it on, like, bullshit CGI. Fucking put it in your special effects, put almost half of your budget into it, and you're going to come out with something incredible like this. That's the thing. It's just, like, and I'll go on record and be, like, when it comes to, like, actual, like, numbers and finances and shit like that, like, I don't know comparatively, like, I mean, CGI is not cheap, no, but also um, which is why like a lot of independent films have to use practical effects but like you're saying like if it's all going to cost you a good chunk of money like put that into getting like really high tech state-of-the-art whatever practical effects mm-hmm. instead of just being like oh what's well, gonna look great and blah, blah blah um which actually oh my god that reminds me because when i was looking up stuff about the blob um did you know that there was supposed to be a remake after this? When? Like, in past years, like 2017, whatever. What? Um, I, well, there was okay. originally supposed to be a sequel to this, but because it bombed at the box office, because it came out, um, like, uh, they think it, the reason it bombed is because um, it came out in, like, the same summer or when the fuck it came out uh, as Nightmare 4 and a bunch of other shit that, like was bound to just draw more people um do people not go to movies more than once uh summer i don't know i mean it was a different time i mean obviously the way that we operate i mean before coronavirus was like we were at the movies like every other fucking day like and we'll fucking see everything and anything as long as we have like you know a movie theater subscription which we do in the 80s i don't i don't know i mean I think it's cheaper to go to the movies ticket-wise, um, but also, like, I don't know, I feel like going to the movies was much more of, like, an event. Like, it wasn't well, yeah, it was, like, I mean, it's also comparative. Like, yes, it was cheaper to spend money at a movie, t- like, at the, for a movie ticket, but at the same time, like, they're making less money. So, like, it's 
comparable probably still to what it is today but yeah I, I guess you're right it was probably like a friday night date night thing and that's like it um hold on one second here because yes it was supposed to be remade oh i remember and they offered it originally to no actually he he got offered second i believe rob zombie oh okay. which i don't dislike rob zombie i know that you i don't I, well that's not even true i mean i feel like thus far rob zombies i've seen none of them really do anything for me i know that you like um his trilogy of house what one of the house of thousand yeah. corpses I, I mean i'm very i'm very hit or miss with rob zombie as like a person and like a filmmaker i like him um i'm yes i'm very partial to the trilogy the house of thousand corpses devil's rejects all those i think they're excellent i think they're great i'm not a huge fan of the halloween remakes or 31 um but i mean he's a very I mean, he's a very particular director. Like, not everyone can stomach him. He's very brutal. He's very graphic. A lot of what he does is just, like, kind of depraved. So I think that that could translate in a very interesting way for the blob. But at the same time, I think it would lose kind of that campy fun. Because I don't think Rob Zombie is very campy. I feel like he's more just, like, brutal. Well, yeah, when you think about, like, the Halloween remakes, like... Yeah. I mean, even, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, when he, like, turns fucking Rain Wilson into a fish. Like... Oh, yeah. I guess that's campy, but it's also just, like, disturbing. I feel like, you know... It's, like, maybe for some people it'd be campy, but, like, even if normally you pitch that idea and it would be like, oh, that's ridiculous, that's campy, it's the way that he executes it, it goes from being campy to just, like, literally disturbing. Yeah, just, like, fucking traumatizing. So... I'm kind of on board for seeing a traumatizing version of the Blob, but I don't know if it would if it would play well to the mass audiences. But the thing is, just like even when you think of that, like I don't watch the Blob, the '80s one, and think like, oh my god, I'm traumatized. But no. when you compare it to the original, it's like, I mean, some of these deaths, I mean, maybe for somebody who isn't as big into horror or is more easily disturbed mm-hmm. or scared, honestly, these are disturbing looking. Like they're not oh, like. Yeah silly little like deaths like it's like people literally being like devoured destroyed molecule by molecule like in front of your eyes um i personally feel like i wouldn't want a rob zombie one so i'm happy that it didn't go through but quickly on another rob zombie note um Mm -hmm. bill mosley who's obviously Mm -hmm. um, i love bill mosley famous for originally texas chainsaw massacre 2 but then obviously playing Mm -hmm. a big role in that rob zombie trilogy he made a little appearance as the um scientist whatever in the hazmat suit that they get stuck in the sewer with oh really i didn't even realize yes i mean it's hard because he's literally like behind a mask and he's like fucking like you know out of his mind um but where were the other people because i'm pretty sure i know who it is um but i don't want to say it wrong um so it's supposed to be a sequel blah 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 I mean, I feel like there are only a, a handful of, like, currently working horror directors that I would really trust with something like this. I got it. I got it. It was, it? you're going to love this. Um, so before they offered it to Rob Zombie, who I then, I guess, also didn't do it or it fell through or what the fuck ever, um, Lee Winnell and James Wan were offered. Amazing. You know, um, I love them. I'm a big right, fan. Right, which I'm like, if I had to choose between the two, easily them. Easily oh, yeah. them. I mean, after, well, because, obviously, we watched The Invisible Man, and that well, was yeah, fucking because, incredible. I mean, from Saw, you can you see that they can do the practical effects. They can do, like, the fucking gross torture shit. But then, like, James Wan has become a very, very well-established director in his own right. 
for just like all of the horror movies that he's made and Lee Winnell making The Invisible Man with like how like understated it is how tense it is like yeah I believe that they can do anything that they fucking set their minds to I think that they could do an incredible job balancing the camp and the gore and the humor and the fear all of it I think they would have done a great job it's a bummer but apparently like I guess the name that was like I guess last attached to it mm-hmm. um which I think was back in like 2015 um was um Simon West who directed uh Conair and Laura Croft Tomb Raider was so when weird. I rewatched Laura Croft Tomb Raider this past year I was like this is kind of ass and I was ready to love it um but apparently he was making comments saying like you know with modern CGI like we can now fully realize the potential of the blob no. and I'm like listen I'm not someone that's like I never want to see CGI because CGI has created great things and like paired you know in the right amounts with practical effects it's a perfect combination but it's just like I don't know I just like feel like I'm like I'll see I'll believe it when I fucking see it otherwise when you tell me you're using CGI I'm just gonna go on assuming that it's gonna be like fucking annoying and mm-hmm. look like shit to be quite honest if you prove me wrong you prove me wrong and I'll be happy about it I'd be happy to be proven wrong um but obviously since then I mean that was like five fucking years ago um and no remake whatever has been made but to move off of this whole tangent of uh fun facts um let's get into um what was your favorite kill of the movie because there are like so many i feel like you should go first because i have two and i think one of them is going to be yours and that way you can just say it and then we okay. can discuss it and then i will have my other one if it's not i'll just tell both after i mean at the end of the day like i feel like at the end we're gonna be like here's the kills we didn't talk about yet (laughs) um because obviously we've talked about the phone booth and we've talked about the real first kill if we're not counting like the casualty of the old man who Mm -hmm. fucks gets fucked um but i honestly think my favorite kill for multiple reasons is um of the best friend of the football player who is a date rapist. Um, I am correct. You thought that was going to be it? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah of brand. course. You brand. love um, to watch a man get what's coming to him. And so do I. Ugh, that is so true. Um, <laughs> but essentially the scene, which makes it so great, is like it starts out and he's with this um, girl who I believe the actress went on to be on Baywatch. She was like a Playboy model. Um, but... They're, like, on a date in his car, and he's clearly getting her drunk. She's clearly already drunk, and he's, like, trying to make a move on her, and she's, like, no, I'm, like, drunk. He's, like, you just need another drink. And he, like, gets out of the car and, like, goes to his trunk, which is, like, this weird, like, (laughs) self-made bar that he has going on in the trunk of his car. It's such a good gag. It's so funny. Which, like, if he wasn't a literal piece of shit, I'd be, like, oh, that's kind of, like, pretty neat or whatever. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. But because it's, like, oh, he's, like, a sicko, and he clearly has this so he can, like, get girls drunk. So, essentially, he goes back in the car, and at this point, like, the girl's, like, passed out drunk. And it's at this point where it's, like, this is the only time this motherfucker can redeem himself a little bit from being a creep, which is just being, like, oh, the girl's passed out, I'll take her home. Obviously not. So, he starts to, like, unbutton her shirt or whatever, and she's tilted to the side, like, she's, you know, fallen asleep, like, curled over, and he starts to, like, put his hand down her shirt, and... He gets what's coming to him immediately because what he doesn't see is that the blob had creeped into the car when he was making the drinks and attached itself to this poor girl. So she's already dead and it's already like devoured half of her body and is like working its way, I guess, in through her body because his hand then gets sucked into her chest cavity (laughs) by the blob 
it then like kind of sprouts blob tentacles and yeah. starts to pull him in she like turns over and her face is just like fucked fucked up from the blob and he's like screaming in terror he's trying to pull away but the blob is not having it the blob says i said it's dinner time bitch and i will be eating um and then so then we just like get him like slowly being like devoured by the blob it's trying to attach itself to him with these tentacles and then we just get a shot from outside the car where like he's like writhing he like is kicking so much he like kicks out the glass on the fucking driver's side window and then his leg just goes like numb so I mean obviously this kill is amazing for like how it looks once again it's a great practical effect the you know the arm and the chest cavity the blob coming out of this girl and her like her head like concaves in itself yeah it literally is like it like sucks inward it's so good it's like um but something that I mean I personally also felt but when I watched it with my mom she made this comment and when I watched it with Abby and Roberto I believe Abby made this comment which I was like correct where it's just you know like you have this moment of being like yeah fuck that guy I'm so fucking happy he got it and he got it brutally but then you take this moment to be like but this poor girl did not deserve that because it's like her two options were like okay die because of the blob in a horrible painful way or I guess like the blob doesn't show up and you just get date raped date raped by this creep um I mean I guess the one consolation is that she was like passed out so she probably didn't really even know anything was happening when right. she died like it probably just happened um you know i feel like that's like the one silver lining at least she didn't suffer she, it just took her right um but i would say i mean and then i say that and then i think of like all these other great kills but i oh, mean yeah. i think that personally is my favorite kill it's it's really it's so good yeah I, that's what that is why i wanted you to go first because i agree in terms of practical effects and just you know makeup and stuff that is i think hands down the best one Mm -hmm. um but the one i'm gonna go with is just for the shock factor and for the gall that these people had and i (laughs) fucking respect and love it so much i'm gonna sound like a true fucking psychopath i just want to clear that up right now i don't feel this way in real life i'm not crazy but i feel like i know already what it is my favorite kill is in the sewer where they kill Shawnee Smith's brother's friend who is like 10 years old. Yep. Because I just just think, like, listen, in the real world, kids die. It happens. Kids get murdered. Bad things happen. And I feel like in horror and in, like, cinema in general, people are so afraid to show that and to have kids die because it's, like, taboo. And I'm like, why? If you're going to kill a dog in every fucking horror movie I ever watch, why can't you kill a kid? Like, I don't understand. So, mm-hmm. the fact that they were ballsy enough to kill a child, and not only kill him, but kill him on screen, and, like, see him be fucking, like, melting apart. Oh my god. The respect I give. Now, like I say, I do not, I do not want children to die in real life. Well, I think I think the, the difference is this. I think it's like, you think about something like, one of our favorites, Pet Cemetery, where the whole thing is centered around oh, yeah. a child dying, which is, I mean, a huge reason why Stephen King didn't want to release the book. He thought it was too dark. And I know that, like, I'm obviously, currently in my life, I'm not a parent. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, like, for people that are parents, like, the thought of losing your child suddenly, like, that's just, like, the darkest, most evil thing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to watch something like that. Like, I know that, like, people have said, should we go to Pet Cemetery? That it's like, oh, it was a movie they liked, they watched. And the second they had kids and they rewatched it, all of a sudden it took on this 
it almost scared them again or it scared mm-hmm. them more. And I get that. But I think the difference speaking specifically, I mean, you made a great point with the dogs on screen. Like we fucking kill dogs just for like, Oh, they're not going to kill the dog. Are they? And then they do. And there's like, listen, as you said, like, I don't want to, I don't particularly, I'm not buying to see a child die on screen, nor am I buying to see an animal die on screen. But it's like, if it works to the advantage of your movie for a reason, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Where it's just, like, I feel like, especially speaking about, like, dogs, like, I feel like that's, like, a whole, like, shtick now. Like, let's we'll just kill the dog to, like, fuck with people. And it's, like, Well, it's you. always, like, this will be the first step in, like, the horror, and then it'll just build. And it's, like, no, I don't want to watch an animal die. I never want that to happen. Well, I mean, if you think about something like Killer Clowns, like, yeah, the yeah. fucking Pooh Bear dies. We don't see it. He just gets, like, swoop, up in a net, and then he's yeah. gone. And it's just, like, you can assume and be, like, oh, poor Pooh Bear. But I don't have to see this fucking animal get, like, devoured or whatever. But speaking specifically on kids, I think the whole thing is just, like, yeah, I don't want some brutal, like, you know, serial killer movie where I see a serial killer, like, stab a child. I think that, like, once again... I'm speaking of someone that doesn't have kids, I don't know that that would even bother me. But I feel like that's, like edging into a territory where it's like okay maybe we, we should relax a tiny bit where things like the blob or the pet cemetery because of the fact that like in pet cemetery he gets hit by a truck like and we don't even really see him get hit or in the blob he's literally getting like devoured by an alien supposedly creature where like I don't even know what I'm trying to say but like to me that's different than like if we were watching like a really really dark slasher film and we had a scene where like a child was running away and then got like horribly like mutilated like fucking Casey Becker guts hanging from a tree like I do think that those things are different see this is where I find okay I feel like it's very interesting because I'm gonna have a very controversial opinion obviously here Mm -hmm. um but I don't even mind that I I feel like if something if it's something that could happen in the real world, I'm okay with seeing it in film because I'm constantly being forced to watch women get assaulted or right. women get murdered or dogs get murdered. And like, yeah, all of that stuff happens in the real world, which is why for the most part I'll watch it in film. But they've I feel like just Hollywood in general has had very specific things that they're okay with showing like they'll show tits and vagina all day long but they'll never show me a dick so anytime a movie shows me a dick i'm like thank you fucking equal opportunity not that i want to see this man's dick but like at least like it's equal that's all i fucking want and so i don't care really ever if they kill a child if if it is something that makes sense within the plot so like this is very controversial i know it was like a big thing but when the movie the house that Jack built came out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lars von Trier film. The uncut version, the director's cut, was shown at the Somerville Theater that I went to. And there's a really graphic, I mean, it's like five vignettes. And there's a, one of the vignettes is about children being murdered. And they show everything. It's very graphic. There, it like continues throughout the movie with like the child's body. And people were very upset about it. And I'm kind of like, you know what? That was my favorite vignette in the film because it was the most disturbing. It was the most realistic. Mm-hmm. And I respected the fucking balls that it took to show, to do it. So, like, I don't really ever mind seeing it because I'm already subjected to so much other awful shit right. that I just feel like, you know what? It happens. Anyone can be killed at any age by, with any gender, any sexual orientation. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, you could die in, in whatever plot you're in. So if you if the plot makes sense that they're gonna kill a kid that sucks for the kid but i'm, I'm okay with it because it's a movie you know mm-hmm. like at the end of the day it's all a fucking movie i'm not that mad about it like i don't know 
I feel like now I've just gone into a rant where I don't know where I'm going, but basically. No, I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation. And we'll just round that out by saying, once again, in real life, we do not condone the killing of children. Well, I don't want anything that happens. I don't want anything that I watch in a horror movie to ever actually happen, obviously. But I mean, like I said, if you're going to show me 75 movies a year about a woman getting raped, then yeah, yeah, you can show one fucking movie about a kid who happens to die in it. Like, I don't see why that's so much more controversial than like torture of women. So when this, this specific kill happens, like, I mean, obviously, especially in the 80s, like you're watching it, Shawnee Smith is in the sewer with her younger brother and his friend and you're like okay they're obviously not gonna die the blob's not gonna kill a kid like that's not gonna happen and they're trying to escape up this ladder and Shawnee Smith gets her brother up there and then she starts to get the friend up there and he gets taken by the blob and there's just kind of it's kind of a moment of like did they just do that like did that just happen and she goes back to try to get him and he does kind of like a Jason moment at the end of Friday the 13th where mm-hmm. he like leaps out of the water because they're in the sewer so it's like they're in a lot of water and he leaps out and he's just like completely melted like he's so nasty looking and like he's been clearly half devoured and he reaches out for her and then gets sucked back into the blob so not only do we get the shock of like did they just kill a kid but we see it happen and the effects are great I just respect the fact that they were willing to go that far with it and like probably upset a lot of people but like it's realistic it's a blob from outer space it does not differentiate it just kills whatever is in its path and if a child's in its path the blob isn't going to be like well 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 that's a kid so i have to like veer right like no it's going to take the kid right so that is my favorite kill just because i respect the fact that they were not afraid to show that well, I mean, even moments earlier, like you're saying, like you have that whole idea of like, oh, they wouldn't kill a kid. But yeah. then moments earlier, when, right before they go in the sewer, when Shawnee Smith is like, you know, dragging her brother and his friend out of the theater to escape, I believe it's her brother, his jacket gets caught in the door. Yeah. And the blob is just about to get them. And this whole scene is like, he can't get it off, he can't get it off. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And then when he escapes that, you're like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. They're not going to kill kids. They're not going to kill kids. Caught to the fucking sewer. It's like, we are going to kill a kid. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> But um, also to veer back quickly to um, the original Blob, obviously, as I said, the theater, I mean, they both do the movie theater gag of Mm -hmm. um, people in the theater (coughs) watching a spooky show. In the 1988 one, they're, like, watching, like, it feels like their parody of, like, a slasher film because it's, like, a guy in a sort of hockey mask who's also Mm -hmm. wielding a chainsaw. Um when the blob like attacks and this scene is great because they also they kill the projectionist like they do in the original he like goes to check like the vent of the ac because it's not working and is attacked by the blob and then like his boss or whatever comes to check on him and a yo-yo comes down from the ceiling and he looks up and he's in this like mass of the blob on the ceiling Mm -hmm. like his whole body is like stretched and distorted and once again it's like every kill we could talk about is like fucking incredible and then from there um we get a scene of the two boys in movie theater and there's like an obnoxious asshole behind them like spoiling the whole movie oh he's the worst which i was like honestly i wish the blob lived in every theater right on the ceiling (laughs) and motherfuckers who cannot get a grip on what it means to be at a theater people who are fucking talking through the whole thing people who are on their fucking phones no second chances the second you pull that shit 
The blob does oh what it does to this guy, and it just sucks you up into its mass in the ceiling and devours you. Oh, and I'm like, thank yeah. you, and I can enjoy this film. What? Imagine if, like, I would have been able to call down from the office and be like, hey, can you have the blob do theater checks? Amazing. Yo. That would be... <gasps> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the blob doing theater checks? The blob going in those, and, like, the fucking old biddies <laughs> sitting in there, like, fucking 20 minutes after the credits finish rolling having yeah. a conversation fucking shoes off and the blob's mm-hmm. like sorry time to clean <laughs> and like just like eats them oh my god bro our lives oh. would be so good the blob I... would then like bring us anybody's like unopened boxes of candy that they purchased <sighs> yes i love i used to love finding like it, for more just because people were so fucking rich when i would find like the full dasani bottles that were unopened that were like 525 and I was like, wait, the way that I'm going money. to write an animated series now in which people work in a movie theater and the big thing is that they also work with a blob. The blob is the usher. Incredible. Wait. Wait. <laughs> I gotta write this down. I gotta write this down. Um, that's incredible. Wow. Thank you for bringing that You're to my so mind. Welcome. What a wonderful thought. Um, yeah, quickly, because we should be wrapping this up. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Another incredible kill that I really want to note quickly mm-hmm. is obviously the garbage disposal kill. I agree. I, it's the one I would want to bring up too. Right. Which is just, it is right before shit really starts to hit the fan because the initial death of the football player has happened, but like no one really saw it because Shawnee Smith got knocked out, which an, a, an interesting point people point out is like, after that scene of the football player getting devoured, Shawnee Smith like, you know, knocks her head and knocks out. The blob doesn't eat anybody else in the hospital. The blob could easily just move forward and devour her as well. That's and it true. doesn't. It's just like, mm, see you guys later. And, like, go somewhere else, I guess. Um, but anywho, so, like, at this point, no one still believes her very much as the original blob. Like, the teenagers really know what happened, but nobody's listening. Um, and her and Kevin are in the diner. And the waitress goes in the back, who then, obviously, as we said, gets pummeled in that fucking phone booth. Um, and the drain is clogged. She's using, like, a plunger, and it's not working. And the dishwasher, or the busboy, whatever the fuck it is, um... He's like, okay, don't worry about it. I got it. She's like, oh, you're so sweet. So he tries to use the plunger. It doesn't work. And he's like, well, I'm going to do the classic, you know, dad move. I'm going to stick my fucking hand on the drain. Which, like, it's a perfect scene in general for any horror movie, really. Because it's like, it's the idea of sticking your, I mean, in, in real life, you don't want to stick your mm-hmm. hand on the garbage disposal drain because, like, so many things go through your head. What if it's some horrible thing and the blades turn on? Which, like, really, in most garbage disposals, I don't really think the blades are strong enough to, like, rip off your fucking hand. I don't know, um, man. I mean, I'm I wouldn't so, try so, it, but... I'm so afraid of it. Uh, I mean, my dad fucking puts his hand down there like it's, like, <sighs> nothing. And I'm like, you're absolutely... Oh, excuse me, I almost burped. Insane. Um, no, thank you. But so, you have that fear of, like, oh, what if it turns on? You have that fear of, like, oh, what if there's, like, a bug or some shit down there? Like, you don't even know what's down there. It's very much like the shit when you do in a haunted house where they're, like, close your eyes and, like, put your hand in this bowl. It's worms and it's, like, spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that thing. It's, like, putting your hand somewhere where it's vulnerable, where you can't see, because the garbage mm-hmm. is just a black pit. So you have that fear already. And then watching this movie, and you know it's the blob, you know that we know on top of that fear, there's the fear of the blob getting you as well. Well, also, and in like that pull- scene, isn't the sink, like, completely full of, like, black water? It's, like, full of, like, gross water. It's not completely full. It's, like, full enough where but it's, it's like, not going gurgling down. gurgling, too. So, like, you can tell that something is, like, coming up. Like, something is stuck in there. Oh, and so yeah. I, I feel like when you stick your hand down a garbage disposal, it's one thing. But when you stick your hand through, like, water and then, like, where, like, you can't even see your hand past, like, your elbow at that point, like, that just has, like, a whole new kind of fuck that for me. Right. I don't, but, like, I don't you know, know. It just, like, makes it worse. 
he puts it down and then you know they do this, the fake out where he puts it down like oh he's done for he's done for and he pulls it out and he's fine he's just got like a little bit of like weird goo on him mm-hmm. he's like oh what the fuck is that and you're like dude don't do it again you got so lucky and of course he does it again takes his hand down and i we and of course now at this point it's like something's latched onto him we know it's the blob it's sucking him down because i think it kind of comes up a little out of the drain so we see it like mm-hmm. on his arm so we see okay it's the blob and it's sucking him down and it's a thought that most people have and i think when i watched it with abby and roberto they literally one of them made this comment they were like oh my god it's not gonna like suck him into the drain and I literally just like sat there like biting my lip because <laughs> it does just that in like a, a va- all I could think of is like um, in Night Before Christmas when they shove Santa Claus down that tube to go see Oogie Boogie and like mm-hmm. obviously Santa is like a big fat dude and he like can't actually fit in the tube and it's just like him like being like squeezed and compressed into this space that's literally what happens to the blob like the blob a full grown sized man sucks him down the garbage disposal drain you like see like the pipe beneath like expanding and like breaking and of course while he's like middle of his body like half his body is now down into the drain the waitress comes in she gets a great reaction like she drops everything she's screaming shawnee and kevin run in they see it they like pull her back she's trying to help him and we could just see this dude like then like bloody and like writhing as his body like just gets sucked further and further into and, the like, drain bones are breaking it's like oh gnarly. my god it's incredible Ooh. It's incredible. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, we could talk about this movie for so long, but we really have to wrap it up. We've talked about our favorite kills. We've talked about some fun facts, which I actually have one or two more that I definitely want to share with you because I thought they were so fun. Um, So the football player and Shawnee, I can't, Mm -hmm. I keep calling the football player. I can't remember his character's name. I cannot remember the actor's name. It does not matter to me. They, um, obviously in the movie at the start before he dies, are a couple. Mm-hmm. in real life they went to high school together which is oh. already just like oh interesting they went to prom together that's cute so people were saying you know obviously like you know in the movie to begin before you know the carnage really starts mm-hmm. um his whole thing is like he's kind of like which is why i didn't fully hate him is like he is like to a degree he's a dumb jock as they all are but like he's nice because he's like you know trying to get the perfect timing to ask her on a date and like you know whatever where it's like you know i'm sure he in real life did the same exact thing when it was like trying to get the perfect timing to ask this girl to prom oh that's kind of cute i know i kind of like like, i'm just imagining like someone that like maybe wasn't best friends with but like I'm like someone I was like oh like we were pals in high school and then it's like oh now we're in this movie together and we're like we have to play a couple i feel like that'd be so fun um but other than that, um, a fun fact is the original, I guess the original Blob was a Christian-funded film. <laughs> I mean, with, I'm not that surprised. I'm not either. But it's just funny because obviously in this remake, um, their whole take on Christianity is like they get the crazy priest character who like from the jump is like really creepy. Oh yeah. And then his him. whole thing is like he at one point finds a frozen piece of the blob after it tried to attack them in the freezer another almost exact scene from the original Mm -hmm. um and he saves it and then like at the end he like somehow gets hit by a flamethrower at one point so he gets like horribly burned and then you're kind of just like okay i guess that guy died and then they do a kind of right at the end scene of like him somewhere in the fucking middle of nowhere in a tent doing a preaching to a group of people his face is like horribly burned he's got like an eye patch now of course um eye patch means evil as we all know um and he has he shows that he has a little jar in which he saved a piece of the blob that is now thawed so it's kind of like moving in there like a fucking disembodied tongue 
Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, like, oh, God, we'll give him a sign of when, like, Armageddon or whatever is supposed to come. So essentially, like, because they were supposed to also do a sequel to this movie, but it obviously right, flop at the box office. So they were kind of setting it up to be like, oh, well, this evil preacher is going to unleash the blob once again on us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, like, so funny that, like, the first movie was Christian-funded, and this movie it's like, um, Christianity is evil. It well, will kill I, us all. I mean, that whole last scene was weird to me but also like his whole congregation which is like 20 people are like okay bud yeah sure like no one seems to really buy what he's selling but -hmm. they're all kind of like listening and like you know encouraging him but also side-eyeing each other like what the fuck is this crazy man talking about it was a weird way to end it but right i mean i it makes sense if they were you know obviously trying to set it up for more films to come so that makes sense but Um, yeah i always forget about that interesting is that at the end when it's like the kind of carnage in the streets when the Mm -hmm. blob is like now everyone knows it's there Mm -hmm. and like all the hazmat suit guys are running around shawnee smith like finds this guy that's like kind of already been half devoured by the blob he has like no arms no legs or what the fuck ever um Mm -hmm. and or like missing one arm or whatever and she like takes his like gun off of him or whatever well the guy that was playing that soldier is actually in real life um an amputee um so like he served in the vietnam war lost both his legs and i believe one of his Mm -hmm. arms and which is already just like cool that like they use an actual amputee it's kind Mm -hmm. of like what they do in the walking dead sometimes and shit like that i think but he also made um well there's this awesome video not to do a tangent but you know we love it um of Norman Reedus getting scared because there was this guy. I don't think he actually was on The Walking Dead, but they dressed. He was an amputee in real life, and they dressed him up in like the great zombie makeup, and then like hid him under a table when they were doing some press thing. And like Norman Reedus is in this room by himself, and the guy like drags his body out, dresses this zombie, and like scares the shit out of Norman Reedus. It's so good. Um, but this particular man, um, let me get his name. Um, his name is. Noble Craig. All right. Um, but he also had roles in Poltergeist 2, Big Trouble in Little China, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and Bride of Reanimator. So he is a horror icon in his own right. Good for him. Yeah, honestly. Um, that's great. I mean, it's, you know, talking about like, I mean, I think this isn't really the case. It's not a great example, but like, they're always saying, you know, when you have a role where it's someone with a disability, why not cast somebody that actually has that disability? Right. Where, like, obviously in this role, like, his character wasn't born with a disability. His character is literally, like, mauled by the blob. Right. But still. Um, well, I'm sure it also helped with, like, their budget for practical effects because I'm sure it, it takes a lot to have to prosthetically create the image that you don't have an arm. So if you have an oh, actor yeah. who is in, who, like, works in the genre and is someone that people enjoy working with, why wouldn't you just hire him because then a it's going to look more realistic because it's real and also it's going to save you money and time on having to do the makeup for it oh 100 100 yeah um yeah and that's pretty much all i have other than i discovered that um you won't know this yet because you haven't watched yet but jeremy from the vampire diaries mm-hmm. who i cannot stand that fucking character you girlies that have seen the vampire diaries you already fucking know i hate that whiny bitch he is the fucking grandson of Steve McQueen. Really? Yes. Which is like, doesn't really mean anything, but I like saw that last night and I was like, excuse me, what? Because I don't even, I never knew the actor's name that played this character, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading this thing and it was like showing this picture of him saying it was his grandson. And I was like, 
is this the wrong picture? And then I looked him up and like his literal last name like is, his name is um, Stephen R. McQueen. Wow. How the McQueen's and I'm like, fallen. Wow. Wow. I mean, we said, well, didn't we say that like Steve McQueen was like kind of an asshole? Yeah, people did not Not the same like... that his grandson is an asshole. I just don't like his character on this well, show. Well, I mean, um, I don't know much about Steve McQueen, but from my research for the blob, yeah, the people had a hard time working with him. He was very difficult. He would constantly smoke during filming like smoke cigarettes even when they were shooting and there's an, uh, a shot in the original blob when he goes to pick up um, whatever her face is at her house before they like after she's done like her quick change to her other outfit and there's a shot where it like cuts to Steve McQueen and you can see smoke rising up behind him and I remember when I was watching it, I was like what is that and then when I did the research it's just because he was constantly chain smoking and wouldn't stop Jesus so yeah I don't um, love the McQueens I guess but yeah I guess that's the glob. Da, 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 da. The glob. The glob. Jesus Christ. Do, do, do. I already forget the tune. The glob. The glob is coming for you. But yeah, that is our fourth tangential terror. We hope you're enjoying your October so far and our Halloween treats. I don't know if this is streaming anywhere because I had to pay for it. You had to pay for it, and I obviously mm-hmm. saw it on a drive-in, and I also ordered yeah. it on DVD. But you um, know what? It's worth a $3 Amazon charge, please, I promise you. It's worth it, it really is. It really is. Like, kind of like when we told you to watch House of Wax and pay for it, which now you don't have to. It's on HBO Max, the House yeah. of Waxes. Yeah. Um, but this is totally, like, you will, it's not going to be wasted money at all. Like, you are going to have so much fun. Your jaw is going to be on the floor. Like, it really, really is great. I also appreciate in this one just, like, how the blob looked. It was, like, just, like, so pink. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't oh. look as delicious as the original blob that literally just looks like a ball of jelly. Um, but you know what? So, okay, I try, I try to eat it again. God damn it. <laughs> damn it, Anya. Um, but yeah, so okay. thank you for joining us on yeah, our Tangential Stay Terror. safe out there, everyone. Um, don't worry. We've got two more episodes coming for you. Your weeks will be filled with our lovely voices. Um, and as always, uh, keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.